I'm Rod Rorick. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon in Dallas, Texas. Welcome to Rorick Knows Podcast. The goal of this podcast and YouTube channel is to help you be a better you, a more educated you, someone that's going to become a smarter consumer, to make wise choices about your face, your body, plastic surgery, and beyond. So we select people and topics that are of interest, but also to help keep you safe and have a great outcome. So today... It's a real privilege for me to have Sydney with me, who's one of my rhinoplasty patients. She's five weeks post-op, right? Yes. And so often do we have, I have my patients, uh, you know, as a rhinoplasty surgeon, I see patients, of course, every day and talk to them, and they have questions about, well, what is it like to have a rhinoplasty? Well, you know, I tell them what it's like to have a rhinoplasty, having done over 8,000, but, you know, it's rare that you can actually have a patient talk about the experience because sometimes it's like in life and my wife reminds me of this all the time it's you know it's not just about me it's about what the patient feels and a patient undergoes so so we're really honored and privileged to have Sydney with us and she is a beautiful young woman she uh, she's not Dallas native she went to UT Welcome Horns. And she currently works as an event planner in the area. And so she had her rhinoplasty on July 13th. So yes. that, and it was five five weeks post-op today. And, you know, she's in the process of healing. And so so we're just going to talk about that. And and so please let us know, you know, in your comments or questions. We'll be happy to ask and answer them uh, for you. But I'm going to kind of go through with, uh, with Sydney about... What are, what are the things that motivated her and how the process was? So, so Sydney, tell me a little bit about uh, yourself and why did you want to have a rhinoplasty? I mean, you're, you're a young, beautiful woman already, so. Well, for me, I knew that I wanted a rhinoplasty since I was 14. 14. So it has been um, an 11-year decision-making process for me. Okay. But since then, I just never felt like there was the right time, whether it was me being in college, my job not being flexible enough for me to take off the time to properly recover. It just never felt like the right time. And honestly, just my general anxiety about moving forward with a decision like this. I It wasn't until last year that I finally felt comfortable with, I'm going to do this. I know I've always wanted it. I'm never not going to want this. Right. This is for me, a decision for me only. I'm not doing this for anybody else. And, you know, I spent so much time researching. So, um, and then I found time that worked well in the summer of 22 and here I we moved are. forward. Here but we are. It's great points here. So, you know, self-motivated, smart, mm -hmm. doing your research online. So tell us, let's me dissect a little bit about that. So the age 14. So what did, what, what was going on with you? I know you're beautiful and you just, you, you didn't feel good looking in the mirror or what, what tell us what, yeah, and I think the crazy thing is, is that while social media was up and coming when I was 14, it wasn't that I was looking at other women and was like, wow, right. I, wish I, I wish I looked like that. It was truly something that I felt inside of myself that I knew I wanted to change. Yeah, no, I know. And, and you know, did you go to a public school or, or you know, like my daughter went to a private yes. girls school and, you know, girls are tough. Okay. They're tough. They I are. Mean, they're tough. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> they're not, I mean, boys are tough too, but girls are tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I did get some comments made to me yeah. that I won't ever forget, but at the end of the day, I didn't do this for those bullies. I did this Good. for me and I knew I wanted this before they ever made comments and those comments primarily occurred in high school right. 
which is very typical. Very typical. Um, but I, I knew that this right. was meant yeah. to be. That's great. So do it for you. Okay, remember. And I think yes. that's that's great. That's great, Sydney. So, okay. So, did, um, do you ever? You never broke your nose or anything. You never had no. any breathing issues. Nothing. No, nothing at all. So, I actually never ha- knew I had a deviated septum until you told me post-op. Yeah. No, that's good. And you can see here with Sydney pre-op, you know, she's beautiful. She's, you're 5'11", right? I am. She's 5'11", so she's beautiful. She's tall. And then, you know, here was her, her, her outside, her lateral view. So, you know, she's an elegant, beautiful uh, woman with long face. And so this just, you know, was something of concern to her. So what were your things that bothered you about your nose? Yes. My top three concerns were the bump and then my bulbous tip. And then every time I looked in the mirror, I just felt like it didn't fit my other facial features. I can't really put you know a pin on that, but I just knew that when I looked at myself, I looked at my nose, I didn't look at my smile, I didn't look at my eyes, and I wanted that to be different. Right, that's great. I mean, that's really what I always ask my patients, and of course, Sydney just is, you know, a classic example. I ask them, what, what are the three things that bother you? And then if you can, you know, logically fix those and, and of course they match what your surgeon does, mm-hmm. then that's perfect. And, and, I, and I see, I saw all those things. So, so what was your process? I mean, it took you a, a few years, 10 year, over 10 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know you, you went to UT, so you mm-hmm. went through that. So you said there was not a very good time. So what kind of was the focal point? Was it COVID, the time you had, or just said, and then how, how was your process? I was... 24 and I just felt like if I'm going to make a decision this big in my life I'm going to do it now so the process started fairly simple it was actually just a google search of top rhinoplasty (laughs) surgeons in America and for me I was fully prepared to travel I was not going to sacrifice expertise just to stay close to home so to my luck, when your name popped up on multiple articles as number one, I was like, okay, this is a good start. But for me, I'm a rather anxious gal, just naturally. (laughs) So I was going to look into every single facet of your practice before making a decision. So I ended up doing that Google search probably over a year ago. And I researched you for I would say over three months. I watched every YouTube video. I watched every TikTok. No, I went on I'm terrible on TikTok. Insta- <laughs> every Instagram. Um, and what a couple things that stood out to me, and a couple things that really propelled me into making the decision to p- picking up the phone and asking, "Do you guys have an opening? Can I have a consultation?" Things mm-hmm. like that. I um, looked for reviews. I think yep. that it's so important to have positive reviews nowadays and for you it was across all platforms that were you know i mean as near perfect as well nobody has perfect reviews i know as as (laughs) near as you could get truly and then i think another thing that's so important is to have not so not necessarily so much as a large footprint on social media but an impactful so a mm. footprint on social media. And for you, you know, your patients are commenting, they're saying they're loving their results. You have a large following, but for me, that didn't really matter. It was, how are people feeling about their results? How do they feel? How is their confidence afterward? 
Right. I think that's good. And I think, you know, Sydney, you talked, you really touched on some things that are important. You know, you're finding a surgeon that's a true expert in somebody who's board certified. And also, you know, reviews, Google reviews. Nobody is, if, if you ever see somebody with perfect reviews, they're all, right. it's going to be, a, you know, all mine are real reviews and mm-hmm. they're from patients because you can feel they're impassioned. And, you know, n- nobody's perfect, you know. You know, you have these patients that, you know, may not be totally happy or, or just, you know, are just out in left field. But, you know, it's fine because, you know, we want, you know, no, you know, we're all human, you know, and I always tell my, you know, probably told you I'm not God, just going to be better, yes. straighter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, you know, what impressed me about Sydney is when I met her, she was very, very focused. She had done her homework. I mean, I love mm-hmm. patients like, like you, because you know, it was like, you, you knew what you wanted. You, you mm-hmm. exactly, exactly what, what you came to see me for. So I love that. And, and, you know, because hopefully that's what this will help people do is to become very informed and and I think the the other thing I think that's impactful is that just being pragmatic about what's possible and what's not possible I mean look at five weeks I mean that's you look quite amazing and yet you know the best is yet to come and um, you know as you know and then and then you know we always do computer imaging I don't know I'm just going to show these these Mm -hmm. are these are the imaging that we talked about we 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 softened her nose we brought her tip up and then of course we uh, we took down her dorsum and reshaped it and you can see that you know actually I think you actually look better than your imaging you know because these are just yeah yeah and you will now most of the time you know because nobody can guarantee a result you know I'm not God and nobody is but it gives you an idea of what's possible so tell me a little bit about the process my staff and what was the other things that kind of was driving factors and the experience yeah absolutely and i love that you just touched on your staff because i really wanted to touch on that today i'd love to talk about the procedure and the recovery but the thing is is what made this journey so special for me and so worth it actually is the staff the experience that i had before in my consultation, mm. when I came to you know the office the day before, and then since I've been to the office multiple times after my surgery, because I love hanging out there. <laughs> <laughs> you even like Letty, right? <laughs> yes, yes. I actually even know. I'm like Letty is a freaking genius. Like shout out to Letty, love her. <laughs> what well, she takes out. I always tell people, you know, I'm going to do your surgery, but you want Letty to take out your splints and your sutures. Yes, right? <laughs> yes. You don't want me to do it. There, so. every single person there made me feel welcome, made me feel comfortable and made me feel excited. And for a decision this large, I think that it's really, it can be anxiety inducing for a lot of people, but everyone was so excited for me. And afterward they were like, you look so good. And they are really just hyping me up. And I'm (laughs) like, I love this, but it was genuine. And I think that I really felt that they're not just saying it to say it, but they truly want to make connections with the patients here yeah no that's great and you know letty my one of my long-standing mas and she basically you know you're right you know she's very very courteous she gets down to work she Mm -hmm. takes her splint out does but she's she's a professional you know she's done thousands and and you know that's what you want you want to feel like someone is really personalizing your care so so tell us about the process uh the day of surgery how was that you know when you came in i think we you were really early in the morning early yeah which (laughs) i was great for me i woke up i left and then i was there and it was easy it was a lot easier than i thought it would be um i got there i checked in went to the back i unfortunately can't recall the nurse's name who 
took care of me in the you know hour well, or two before but she was incredible yeah. she was funny she made my nerves go away i don't know how i wasn't nervous but i wasn't <laughs> well it's because of my anesthesiologist and you met my anesthesiologist met called you and, and yes. yeah and she was awesome right yes and she's also tall like me so we walked back together <laughs> and we kind of just joked about being tall and it was just a really good way to just take the nerves down and take a breath and when i laid down on the table you know i was like okay wow this is feeling real now <laughs> um and she was like okay like no need to be nervous this is going to be super quick like and you're going to have a great nap and i did <laughs> i did yes yeah and i i always meet my patients the day of and we talked about the three top concerns that ones you asked me about and because we always want to make sure that i'm in sync with you so when you I always mm-hmm. tell you you know when you you dream it i'll do it and really those are the things you want to do you know those three things that we talked about you know reshaping your nose your dorsal hump and 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 reshaping your your tip and mm-hmm. stuff and so i think that's important because imprinting is good and you know you have to have a positive effect and it's the whole what sydney's talking about is really the whole overall experience i mean you know, yes. during COVID, actually, I had elective gallbladder surgery, and, and I felt the same. I had my the same anesthesiology group, and it was great. Although I don't remember anything from the operating room, I told them sure. I don't I don't remember anything. But, but you know, it is the experience, and I think that's important. And then, you know, you wake up in recovery, and you got the splint on, and. Yes. And I think that just to expand on that point you just made, I think that so many patients go into this procedure and surgery thinking that I'm just going to get the surgery and then it's done. But it's not. It's the consultation before building a relationship with you, making sure that we're connecting and that you think I'm a good fit for this. And then the multiple follow-ups afterward, it's really a quite an extensive process that I think a lot of people should be aware of and excited about because it's not like you're doing this and just, you know, another patient, another surgery, you build relationships. Right. And it's a long-term thing. It's not like going to Neiman's and getting shoes. I mean, you know, it's a process, you know, and it's a process about the healing and Mm -hmm. the swelling and just like, you know, like Sydney, look, she looks amazing at five weeks, but she still has swelling. It's going to be 80% on her tip and on her 90 on her dorsum. And, and, it's all going to go down and swelling. You're numb in that area. So tell us mm-hmm. about your nose now. What what are you feeling? It's numb. It's a little stiff. We just talked before. And that's yes. normal. Yeah, absolutely. I have been taking photos when I take off my tape every five <laughs> to seven days, like instructed. <laughs> and, and she's one of the few patients that listens for the instructions. So that's yes. good. <laughs> I'm a rule follower. Yeah. Um, but I've been taking photos of, you know, my side profiles just on my cell phone and my front view. And I'm truly seeing differences in five days spans and I think that's incredible and I think it's so important to have patience in this process which is typically hard to have but um, you know just understanding that this is truly a year-long process and I'm not going to see results overnight but that I'm trusting the process and I think one thing that was so crucial and paramount to my recovery was the access that I had to you was texting you and not feeling like I was a burden or an imposition to just text you. And I really expected just to text back. And then all of a sudden, FaceTime from Dr. Rorick. I'm like, this is great. And you're wanting to talk and like see things. So I think that was 
very, very important to me. Yeah. Well, it, it's present. Like I said, it's an experience. And, I, you know, I recently talked about, you know, the five things I don't do as positive surgeons. I, I mean, I actually, you know, I have to like, I have to like my patients. You have to mm-hmm. be healthy. You have to be realistic. So, you know, Sydney, you have, you met all five criteria. And I think, you know, that's important. And it is a process. You know, it's not just a one-shot deal. And, you know, the swelling, the postoperative care, the numbness, yes. and then the swelling, it all is something you, you need reassurance occasionally. And also yes. you have to believe the process. And I loved what you said. It's not patients with a TS. It's patients with a CE. Patients, because I, it's probably the most common call I get. You know, I, I just had one on the way over here about a patient who's like six months after her fourth rhinoplasty. And she said, mm. I'm still swollen. I said, yeah, you have another year to go. And that's just normal. And it's normal wound healing because it's kind of up. You know, every, you know, like you've got good genes. You're actually ahead of schedule where you should be. But it takes a while. It's wound healing. You know how you heal your genetics and and you know it's just it's just part of that i mean the great thing about you know michelangelo and and all the things that he did it was in stone so when it was done it was great but we operate in you know with human human flesh so that mm-hmm. takes a while and it takes a while to heal and so it's different but so tell me how are you doing now i'm doing great now um of course there are some days where i'm more uncomfortable than other days but overall i my energy levels are back to normal how long did it take you now you're five weeks and you're going to be able to exercise again and yes i'm so excited yeah. pilates woo. Um, <laughs> so i it took me i think my energy levels were quite behind the typical mm-hmm. patient i know we spoke offline but you said my my case was a little bit more challenging than yeah. the typical case because my the majority of my reconstruction was internal rather than external right and so i think that it was just a longer recovery for me um, it took me about i mean a solid six days to really just make a lap around my house i mean <laughs> i was just it was i was in pain it was i was tired but you know, I think it's so important to educate the person who is going to be taking care of you and just prepping everything that you can beforehand. So shout out to my lovely boyfriend. He, yeah, he was awesome. He, he was, was awesome. great. He helped me walk and eat and all the things. <clears throat> uh, but after that, I started recovering very quickly. My bruising went down, my swelling went down, my breathing improved, uh, my sleeping improved. So as of now, I'm feeling very normal. Yeah, I know it's great, and I think you bring up a, bring up a great point about you need a companion. You need a you need a surgical companion, and, and her boyfriend is a rock star. I mean, he's a, he's a police officer, but he's phenomenal. He's it's rare to see even a spouse there. They're usually non-present. So kudos to him. I mean, he's he's got a check mark for me. Absolutely. And you know, he took good care of you. He was there. He came to the post-op visits. You know, they, no, they don't come to that. That's awesome. So. So I think he's a keeper. and uh, But, you know, it is a process. And, you know, it's all part of what's the normal post-op care. And what Sydney was talking about was, you know, we did a septal reconstruction. Her septum was very deviated. So we had to do a lot more to the posterior part of her nose to make it straight. And sometimes with that, you have a little more discomfort. And that's not uncommon. In fact, you had headaches the first mm-hmm. day or two. That's yes. that's okay because we really had to bring your your septum straight. And, and that's all part of, you know, the process mm-hmm. of a rhinoplasty. But, uh, no, I mean, I think you actually... Actually, are now I think ahead of schedule. So, Great. so what advice do you have uh, for others that are wanting to seek a rhinoplasty and a rhinoplasty surgeon? And, you know, because this is really about you know the process, 
the selection, and then the post-op recovery and patients. So I think those are all key things you've talked about. So what do you think the somebody who's looking to have a nose job or a rhinoplasty should do? Should they just go to TikTok and find their best surgeon? Right, right. No, I do not think that they should just go to TikTok <laughs> and find their answer. I think my I have several points of advice, um, but my first one is just do your research. And I think that's easier said than done because there are so many options out there now. You could go really anywhere, but it's important to leave no stone unturned and look at every comment, every video, go back for at least six months, in my opinion. And... I think that it's really important to be willing to travel or just not sacrifice based on locale or cost. I mean, you get what you pay for. And I think it's really important. This is one of the biggest decisions I've ever made in my entire life. And I'm glad that I went with the best. So I think another point of advice is prep work. I didn't understand how important it was to prep my home before, oh. before my surgery. So making food, again, educating the person that's going to take care of you, educating yourself on what to expect afterward as much as you can, of course. And then just purchasing the things that <laughs> I think are important. I think that... The vitamin regimen that I was on was paramount my recovery. Right. I think that instead of just popping a couple pillows under my head, I bought, I purchased a nice wedge and I am still using it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think not to like half-ass it, honestly, right. but to really dedicate your time and effort into you know, make, making sure that the process goes as smoothly as possible once you get home so you're as comfortable as you can be. And then I think my last point of advice is patience. And I said that before, but I sound like a broken record <laughs> no, here, right? But I love I, it. It's just, we, we didn't prep this either, by the way. I no. think it's great, Sydney, what you're saying. I didn't understand how much, you know, patience I was going to have in this. And I did suffer from post-op anxiety, which you helped me through. And of (laughs) course, like my family and friends did too. But at the end of the day, I just had to understand that this was a 12 month process, if not longer, and something that I would need to be okay with. And I think that it's really important to just allow yourself some time to heal and be okay with not feeling okay and then feeling okay and just like really taking it day by day and understanding that it's okay and you should trust the process. Wow. I mean, Sydney, I think that's phenomenal. I mean, coming from a patient's more powerful than coming from than from me because I say that every day, but you know, it's called imprinting and I think that's so important. You have to trust the process. I, mm-hmm. I can't tell you, as I, as I mentioned, you know, I talk about the swelling is normal. I see it three months, six months, nine months. I see this every day. And you just have to trust the process. Sometimes we have to facilitate it with a little kennel log sometimes. But mm-hmm. trusting the process is so important. And it just, you know, and everything. But especially in rhinoplasty. You know, for a primary rhinoplasty, it takes 12 months, 12 to 15 months to see the final result. And in a secondary, it's double that because then you're having to rebuild the nose. So luckily, you know, you you, sleep 12. And, you know, you're you're way ahead of where you'll be because the swelling takes some time and the numbness and all of that. But now, you know, you're four weeks out, so you can kind of... At four weeks, I let people kind of do what they want. Great. Maybe not 
you know, skydive, but, you know, and, and scuba dive at maybe six weeks, but everything you can run exercise, Pilates, yoga. I mean, all the things that you love to do and you can be back doing what you want to do. And I think that's important and, you know, but that vision and that kind of perspective, you know, it's patience, you know, trusting the process is so important. So I, I think that's great. So, you know, what questions do you have for me about the procedure that you probably thought you should have asked me before? I, I don't think she missed anything, but, but uh, I mean, people, people sometimes say, oh, you know, I really wish I'd have asked you about this before surgery. And I said, fine. But, you know, everything, of course, that I said has been written and, and we talked about. It. And that's why, you know, we're doing this because I'm going to share this with every one of my rhinoplasty patients. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, I come with a list of questions. Every time I see him, I have about five to seven bullet points that I, I Sydney and her list, uh, if I'm anything, I'm prepared. As long as it's one page only. Okay. Yes. Right. Okay. It's, no, it's I'm just kidding. No. no. Um, honestly, I think I personally don't have any questions, but for those who aren't necessarily looking at this practice, but who are going to see this, who right. aren't local right. to Texas, I think it's important to explain when travel isn't an option, what should a patient look mm -hmm. for in a surgeon that is local to their region? That's a great question, Sydney. I think the, the most important thing is to find out that they're a board certified, either a plastic surgeon or otolaryngologist, you know, that's an expert in rhinoplasty. That's not somebody that's just going to be, you know, doing one or two or five a, a year, but it's somebody that really, really does rhinoplasty, you know, like I do eight to 10 a week. Mm -hmm. So find an expert, find out uh, that they operate in an accredited facility, that they uh, have anesthesiologists that are board certified, they have, they have the ability to do emergency care, a, a local nearby hospital. All these things are the safety things that are so important. So important. And, and then of course, it's all about that comprehensive care. But it starts and ends with the surgeon, and uh, you know, as, as you have found out, and and it's so important because, and you know, you want to make it a good, pro you want to make it a fun process, you I know, do. because, you know, life is short. You know, you only want to just like hang out with people you like. You only want to have this done once. Yes. You know, even though it's never going to be perfect, you know, you want to have it done once if possible. You know, the revision rate is small on my hands, but it, you know, it, it happens. I, you know, it just because sometimes things don't heal like they should. So, yeah. well, Sydney, I think. That was amazing. You were amazing. She's a natural. So please, you know, like and subscribe to my YouTube videos and, and to this podcast. And if you have any comments or questions, please ask and we'll reply to them. And of course, ask it, and if you want us to do any other episodes or any other comments on what are the things you like to hear about, you know, because as, as I mentioned in the beginning, we want you to be a better you, a more educated view. And again, Sydney, thank you so much for this amazing podcast. I mean, you were phenomenal it was and a pleasure and it was fun you were right i had fun fun great and of course she looks awesome too all right all right take care